So first things first, for our listeners that can't see us, I'm going to strap on some sensors here. Jeff and I, we were at CES, at the uh, Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas last month, where we recorded this. Oh, and they're marked as well. Of course they are. All right. Arm left. Yes. All right. Arm right. I'm glad he doesn't have the same problem as I do with left and right, because (laughs) that would have been an issue if I were the ones uh, putting on the sensors. But... Milena, seeing as you were there, what exactly is he doing? Um, so he's trying one of the demos on the that Bosch booth. Sense. Okay, so now ankle L. <laughs> Clip in. <laughs> ankle R. It sounds like he's doing some kind of yoga stretch or something. Maybe uh, Jeff sounds a little bit yeah. rusty, but uh, okay, so anyways... <laughs> wait until the demo actually starts. It's a little game where uh, dear Jeff uh, had to dance. I definitely can't wait to hear it. So this is Shuko and Milena in our home studios. Today we're exploring Smart Connected Sensors, a technology platform that was presented at CES. From know-how to wow. The Bosch Global Podcast. Melina, so great to have you back. So maybe in a few sentences, how was Las Vegas? How was CES? <laughs> oh yeah, well, that that was uh, quite a blast, I have to say. I mean, being in Las Vegas for for business purposes, that's that's in itself already a kind of wild. I mean, getting out of that convention center uh, late in the afternoon, in the evening, and just being surrounded by all of these flashing lights, the insane Las Vegas architecture. That's <laughs> really, really cool. But I do have to say it was also a little bit exhausting. I can really imagine. I've seen also a few clips that came over through social media. You guys were sending me also some pictures and videos. So yeah. it did seem that you had enough to do. Yep, yep. <laughs> but it was fun. I can't really complain, really. Um, because it was even more exhausting for someone like our Bosch colleague, Abby. So this was definitely a lot of fun. It was also a bit tiring for all of us as well, <laughs> because we were constantly moving. So um, yeah, it was, was a fun event. Yeah. <laughs> Abby is the product manager for our Smart Connected Sensors, and he's the guy who ran the dance demo that Jeff tried at CES. So Abby was very, very busy. He had to dance a lot as well. <laughs> <laughs> the demo was actually based on full body motion tracking with gesture recognition and also giving you an active feedback while you're doing those motions. And of course, we wanted to add some perfectly cool element to it. And that's why we dedicated this demo for dancing. So we were doing a lot of dancing <laughs> and then knowing how bad or how good we were dancing. So without any bias, Milena, who was a better dancer, Abby or Jeff? I guess these sensors could give us an objective answer based on accurate Mm. measurements, right? (laughs) Was that a trick question? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yes, they could. Uh, But first, after strapping them onto your arms, legs, and ankles, they need a quick calibration. Very easy to do for anyone who wanted to try them at the Bosch booth at CS. So uh, what I need you to do is uh, T-pose now. So the T-pose works like this. You follow the robot on the right. Okay. So what a Jeff sees is a little animated robot on the screen of a tablet. And he has to imitate its movements. 
Okay, so yeah, I'm seeing this right now. He's spreading his arms and standing still. Stay stable. Don't move for three seconds. And let go. Let go. Let go. <laughs> and you're calibrated. Very cool. Yeah, move your arm. The arm is a bit uh, laggy. You need to come a bit ahead. It will react. Yeah. And now try to move your Oh, Nick? wow. So, so for our dear listeners, so I, I started in a T-pose and my little robot friend here on the yeah. tablet was also in a T-pose and that, that did the calibration. That's cool. And now as I'm just kind of shuffling my legs around here, you know, everybody knows my phenomenal dancing skills. <laughs> you can see it directly on the robot. It's very cool. It's almost like there's a camera on me. Yeah. But there's certainly not. <laughs> uh, yeah, ex excellent point. The camera on the, on the tablet is also covered, just for the record. But yeah, it's super responsive. That's yeah. neat. So now these sensors on his limbs capture any movement that Jeff does. Lifting his arms and legs, twisting, turning, doing a little shimmy. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> exactly. They capture much more than just the immediate movements of the limbs they are attached to. Yeah. yeah, and it's so it's so sensitive that yeah. even as I'm holding just holding yeah. my hand out and rotating the palm of my hand yeah. up and down. My robot buddy is also yeah. doing the same yeah. thing. It's quite remarkable. Yeah. So that's pretty nice that movements get detected accurately, mm -hmm. but where it gets really interesting is when you get feedback on your movements. That's what the dance demo was actually about. So the robot on the screen wasn't mimicking your movements. You were trying to mimic its movements. And to clarify, I mean by you, I mean Because I've been looking at this the whole time. There's a start game button yeah. in the corner. I've been kind of nervous. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, of course. Okay. Let's go. All Is right. everything connected still? Everything's yeah. connected. I'm ready. Go. Go slow. Slow. Oh, That's and now there's... Uh, colors on. Now there's colors yeah. on my robot buddy telling me, I assume green is good, <laughs> telling me which sensors are getting yeah. close to the one I'm trying to mimic. Yeah. And now you get the score. So you and have five. Okay. It tells you how good you did. So I did. And you can also see each and individual node was given a proper meeting. Yes. So when you were moving your right leg, you probably didn't move it in the best possible Seems way. Seems not, yes. Yeah. And also the tie. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> I like how Abby tells Jeff. He didn't move his thigh properly and then Jeff goes, Perfect. <laughs> But, come on, in Jeff's defense, the system perfectly showed all of his flaws in the movement. Mm. And it's kind of what it's about, right? <laughs> yeah. And ideally, you would then, of course, try to get better at it and actually achieve perfection. Here's Abby's very diplomatic summary after he did this exercise with countless people at the CS booth. Let's say there were some bad movements, there were some good movements. <laughs> and people would then realize, uh, they would also know what's the average score for the number of repetitions done. You would also get a higher score of the best repetition you had, individual limbs where the sensor was connected on, also displayed sort of a level and a score which was, uh, which was given to them. So they would exactly know which movement they did properly and also realize which limbs were not moving or which part of the bodies were not moving properly. Got it. But, you know, if we're looking beyond dancing, there must be a host of applications for sensors like this, right? Uh, yeah, totally. The dancing was just a fun little demo. But you could do so much more with these smart connected sensors. If we move more towards virtual environments. 
we can naturally move through them using a very easy and also lightweight setup. A system like this could be used in a gaming setup. Imagine using your full body to control a character on the screen, discovering new worlds. Suddenly, monsters appear in front of you. You jump to the side, getting your sword out, trying to slash the ugly beasts. So virtual reality and augmented reality are going to be huge application domains for these motion tracking sensors. And I definitely can't wait to get rid of bulky controllers and replace them by something much more comfortable. Not just for VR, also gaming, as you mentioned. Also games in the real world, like good old sports. You can also imagine this for football shoes. You can imagine for all kinds of uh, sports applications. Uh, you can imagine this put on a baseball glove as well as a baseball belt and then see how good the swings is. A completely different application domain for these sensors is warehouses. People doing lifting movements can use them to make sure that they're executing the movements correctly. And in a more abstract way, these sensors know where they are in relation to each other. So you could also use them to track objects or people and their relation to each other. It's crazy what kind of applications we have for, for things. Extremely mm. interesting. So all of these use cases suddenly become possible, which is a big boost to the new applications to come. Back to tracking body movements and giving feedback. This might remind you of an episode of From Know How to Wow that is very far back in our podcast feed. Mm -hmm. I looked it up. It was almost two years ago, exactly, that we featured a fitness tracking sensor that could analyze your movements and provide feedback as well. At that time, it was my turn to try it with Jeff watching. So what that means is that the same exercise will look somewhat different from the tracker's point of view. Oh, yeah, and we experienced that when I first tried the tracker. <laughs> what should I do? What should we both do? Jumping jacks. Jumping jacks, okay. We try jumping jacks, then. Yeah, put your phone down, <laughs> weirdo. No exercise detected yet. Wrong. I've never seen someone do a jumping jack wrong before. <laughs> Melinda, I, I think I need to apologize. That, that wasn't very nice. I'm sorry. That was a little mean. It's okay. It's okay. It's not okay. <laughs> oh, God, turns out I'm less talented at doing jumping jacks than Jeff is at dancing. <laughs> uh, listeners, if you want the whole story, go back and listen to that episode. It's pretty fun. But the technology has evolved, and what Abi presented at CES is the latest iteration of it. Correct me if I'm wrong, Melina, but two years ago, you had only one sensor strapped to your wrist. Yeah, that's right. Now, Abi's system uses multiple sensors, and um, I kind of lost count, but how many did Jeff strap on? Mm, you're absolutely right. Uh, there was one of the major innovations here. This is not just one sensor. It's a network of up to eight sensors, all working together. When it's a network of connected sensors, they deliver a much more precise uh, input. They give you a much more detailed understanding of how things are connected together, how two movements are connected to each other. Which makes absolutely sense. The movements are connected and the sensors are connected. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, shall we dive a little bit into that? 
First, how are these connections organized? Who's talking to whom? Using what protocol? Choosing the right network topology, choosing the right way of communication, be it Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or any possible wireless connectivity. All of these were really challenging decisions. Okay, but if we stay there with regards to network topology, how did they figure out which one was the best to use? Abby, would you please take us to the stars? We have right now gone with the star network topology. So star network topology allows us to have one central node and up to seven leaf nodes. This is allowing us also to be much more flexible. That means we can choose from going from one central node to one leaf node or to two leaf nodes or three leaf nodes and up to seven leaf nodes. But here's the thing, you can't see which one is the central node. They are all the same. Of the sensors that Jeff was wearing, maybe the one on his right ankle was the central node, maybe the one on his left wrist. They all have the same sensing and compute capabilities. The central node just happens to collect and process all of the data and organize the network. That sounds like that makes things really versatile for the network. So depending on which device these sensors end up in, perhaps one earbud could become the central node, or in a different setup, a smartwatch with one of these smart connected sensors inside could act as the central node. And the central node then communicates with the app that you're using and relays the information how well you executed the movements. The second challenge that Abi mentioned was finding the right way to wirelessly communicate between the nodes. And if I'd ask you to guess how they are connected, what would you say, Shuko? What would be your first guess? What technology did they use for connectivity? I mean, um, the simple one, because I use my phone almost on an hourly <laughs> basis, I'd probably say they use Bluetooth or, I don't know, Bluetooth low energy, uh, to be really Bingo. specific. Yay! <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of a no-brainer, right? You want to have a small energy-efficient device that transmits data. Of course, you use Bluetooth LE, but mm -hmm. Abby says it's easier set than done. Getting Bluetooth to work in a robust manner is something which is very difficult. You can imagine now, let's say, a smartwatch and a mobile and let's say a fitness band. All of these devices have their own way of working. All of the devices have their own clock signals. All of them are tuned to a different clock. To get this working together and to get synchronous data, to synchronize all of these movement data together with the perfect timestamp, is one of the most difficult things which we had to come across. Mm. And to make it even work in a very robust manner is even more difficult. <laughs> I'm always so surprised to hear what our Bosch engineers get up to and what they are actually concerned with. <laughs> I mean, you take it a little bit for granted. I'm, I work for Bosch or I work for the Bosch group, but I'm also a consumer. And, you know, these gadgets just work and wirelessly mm. talk to each other. Um, But then again, I can't say I haven't had issues with getting Bluetooth devices to connect. <laughs> Just pairing two devices can be a headache already. <laughs> But as Abby said, building a robust and reliable network of eight devices, that was a big challenge. A significant amount of research went into figuring this out. We have a huge research center here within uh, Bosch Sensor Tech where Bluetooth experts 
uh, I think probably locked themselves inside the room, <laughs> did a lot of brainstorming sessions. And we basically did a lot of research and a lot of development behind it to really get a very innovative solution. We also worked with our corporate research team in the US. And this basically led to the time synchronization, which we have as of now. It makes sense. When you have sensors measuring so precisely every little tiny movement, that position has to be met by the synchronization across the network. Otherwise, you compromise the quality of the data. So it's actually important to get this right, so you can track much more complex movements and get higher precision. Which then allows for applications beyond exercising, like we tried in that old episode where we also discussed the technology with a fitness instructor. Now it's possible to move into realms where it's even more crucial that a movement is executed in the right way. Think rehabilitation, but without having to go to a physical therapy practice every week. I can imagine people doing rehabilitation, let's say, at your grandmother's house or your parents' house to feel much more comfortable rather than just always going to a doctor and just going to a proper physiotherapy. And it's both ways, right? I mean, it's helpful for people who are actually using it. But on the other hand, it's also helpful for, let's say, professionals who really understand what the person is doing at home and help him even recover faster or help him even achieve his goals of fitness very early. I think there's just a really a wonderful social aspect to these applications. Mm -hmm. They really, you live the invented for life part of Truly. what we do or what yeah. the Bosch engineers do. Um, but so yes, an app or a device can provide feedback on my execution, but also a therapist would get exact data on my performance. Given the respective solutions being developed by the industry, uh, mind you, Bosch SensorTag have developed a sensor. How it will be used is up to the manufacturers of consumer electronics, for instance. But what about those devices that Jeff used at CES? Were they just made for CES, for show, or...? Mm, yes and no, actually. Uh, yes, they are just demo devices, but mm -hmm. no, not just for CES. Manufacturers who want to use the sensors can actually use this example implementation as well. So let's say I want to develop a device um, and a software platform for remote physical therapy. I could simply modify the dance demo from the CES and sell it. I'm oversimplifying, of course, but generally that's how it could work, right? You're welcome to use what's already there. Mm -hmm. You basically get the entire technology given directly to you. So we can give you already a rudimentary, let's say, a stick figure or even these uh, robot avatar, which we showcase in the booth, already given out to you where you can wear directly the sensors on your body and you're already starting, let's say, doing body movements, the mirroring. The idea is that developers of new devices and applications don't have to start from scratch. They can immediately use the centers and tinker with the hardware and software. And you can basically then create a new backend, you can create a new front end on how do you visualize this data, how do I connect my physiotherapist to this data, and all of these things then sort of become easily available to our developers. So it's basically we take off the technology, you take care of the rest. Great, so I can just take the already existing hardware design and the implementation and focus on my rehabilitation app. Honestly, I think that's really good news for developers of such solutions. But then how do I get the AI on the sensors to learn the movements that my patients need to do? Another part of the technology platform is the software that allows you to register new gestures on the devices. We will be also providing a tool uh, for gesture addition. 
as well as gesture recognition. That means we give the full autonomy on the customer and the developer side to really sit down and add their own gestures, adding much more privacy to our uh, platform with their solution. As well as not only that, we also allow our customers to enable the threshold. Now, what does this threshold do is basically, this really sets the limit how precise the movements have to be done. So this gives you full control in the end. You don't have to talk to Bosch engineers to have them train the AI for you. You can do it yourself using the provided tool. Okay, so by having control over the threshold, I suppose I could always gauge what my patient needs. So at the beginning of their rehabilitation process, I can allow more wriggle room. And other patients who are maybe further in their rehabilitation process, I'll set the threshold a little more tight. You sound like a very, very nice therapist. <laughs> well, uh, okay, I'm opening a new practice and I'm taking new patients. So if you're interested, no, I'm just, I'm just joking. That would be a terrible idea. <laughs> By the way, Abby's team will also pre-train some gestures for you. So if you tell them what you want to use the sensors for, they'll happily deliver them to you with some gestures ready to use. You can imagine Abby's team is probably the most fit and healthy team within all of Bosch. <laughs> well, uh, I hope so. <laughs> They have been doing a lot of movement. Just not uh, sitting down on the computers, but doing a lot of movement. They're also making me move a lot. So, <laughs> Abby says they'll often go to the cafeteria or a small meeting room and just record and train movements. Casual Monday in the life of Abby. Team motivation at its best. <laughs> but... Um, Let's talk a little more about the hardware that we mentioned. What actually are those sensors sensing? I mean, what are they measuring? What's in these wearables that Jeff put on at CES? Mm, that is a great question. Jeff accidentally pried one open when he was taking it off. Accidentally. Accidentally. <laughs> wink, wink. We were just done with the demo, but our recording was still running. Oh, see, all right, now let me, let's talk about this. Let's, let's talk about this, all right? <laughs> yeah. So, interesting, my, my clumsy hands, so I, I actually popped the cover off of this, which I appreciate Avi having some good humor and only laughing at me and not telling me I'm fired. Um, but it's really, um, the, the device inside is rather small, so there's a USB, a mini USB port that goes... Is that USB-C? Oh, it is USB-C. Of course it is. A very small board... <laughs> And then just the power supply. Yeah, please tell me a little bit about this chip architecture. It's about the size of my thumbnail. Yeah, That's I will tell you all the sensors if I can find them. Yeah, they're so small. Yeah. It's like someone just <laughs> shrunk a computer board down. This is the magnetometer. Okay. So which one's the accelerometer? Uh, this is this is the one. There it is. Okay. Yeah, it's super small. It's so small. It's, it's unbelievable. Than the microcontroller. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Absolutely fascinating. Yeah. It's really nice to hear Jeff being so amazed by some microelectronics because usually he's like the software and these kind of things and it's just really really refreshing. <laughs> Mr. I've seen it all. Yeah, he was quite blown away uh, for a good reason. What Abby's team packed into this thumbnail-sized board is. Well, Jeff said uh, accelerometer, but actually it's an IMU, an inertial measurement unit. Mm -hmm. We've mentioned this type of sensors a few times before on the show, so most listeners might be familiar with it. Then, as we also heard, there's a magnetometer. That basically provides information about angles and rotations. And what wasn't mentioned in this short clip is a pressure sensor. 
we're talking for atmospheric pressure. So you can measure elevation, right? For instance, when I climb a flight of stairs as part of my daily workout. It doesn't even have to be that much elevation. <laughs> when it comes to pull-ups, you can understand, okay, if you did you really pull the body <laughs> above the limit or did you just do, let's say, a half, half a pull-up? <laughs> <laughs> no more cheating. It's amazing how sensitive that is. Big wow. <laughs> wow. So these smart-connected sensors, they are actually a modular sensor system. Depending on your use case, you can work with just the inertial measurement unit, or IMU, or you can attach a magnetometer or a pressure sensor to it, or both. I find it fascinating because it makes it even more flexible. I think that's really interesting that this is not a sensor with a dedicated purpose. It's not like, oh, this is a sensor for a hearable, and this is a sensor that measures the rotation of a smartwatch. Instead... It can go into so many different kinds of devices. Mm, and perhaps even devices that don't exist yet. This technology platform, these smart connected sensors, sure have the potential to enable entirely new gadgets. And who knows, maybe Jeff found an application for dancing. <laughs> maybe some dancing shoes that analyze how elegant your tango steps need to be. <laughs> Why not? But it will definitely improve whatever was happening at CES. Tango. Oh my god. I'd score more points during jumping jacks again, I think. <laughs> But yeah, I can't wait to see in which devices we'll find smart connected sensors in the future. Maybe some of them will have their debut at CES next year. Wouldn't be surprised. Well, I'm hoping they will be as fun and fascinating as the dance simulator, because then I definitely cannot wait to try them. But anyways, thanks, Melino, for reporting from Las Vegas for us and explaining some of the newest technology that Bosch put out there. Thanks, Hugo, and thank you so much, our dear listeners. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends about it. And of course, subscribe and watch out for our deep dive with more insights on smart connected sensors. From know-how to wow. The Bosch Global Podcast. Did you know that the code base of the smart connected sensors is tiny too? Kilobytes, not megabytes or gigabytes. More on that in the upcoming Deep Dive episode. With me, Jeff's voice avatar.